I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. This is Conversations with Olivia Jade, an iHeartRadio podcast. Did it break? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, the, the leg fell off. <laughs> Guys, we literally just started recording and the chair Val is sitting in completely broke. I so, can do this so on three every, legs. I can. Everybody, please welcome. You want to switch? No, I'll be fine. Are you balancing weird now? No. Yes. <laughs> do you want I'll a new good. chair? Let, let's just try it. Let, let's just go. Okay. Um, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations. Today, I have somebody very, very close to me and somebody you guys have probably seen a lot of on my social media this last eight weeks. We've got Val, my coach, mentor, bestie on Dancing with the Stars. Val, 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 Val. I want like all the noise, like applause, everything. Editors, whoever's editing this, you hear that? Cool. We're going to get that in for And then maybe you can make a jingle. Yeah. Okay, cool. And Conversations with Olivia J. Yes. Something like that. Perfect. Okay, but just get somebody more talented to sing it. Okay. Um, well, let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Thank um, you for having me, first of all. Of course. Yeah. This is probably going to be my favorite episode don't, of all time. Don't put so much pressure on it. I'll try not to, but I think I already stop it. I hate that noise so much, Val. Okay, so I know a lot about you, obviously, from hanging out with you almost every day for the last two months, but I don't know if my audience knows so much about you, so I'm going to kind of pass it off to you, and <laughs> I want to introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but I want to hear, you know, before we get into the details about how you came into dancing and all that stuff, like where you're from, you have a brother, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So you take it away. Cool. Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Val Chmankovsky. I uh, was born in Ukraine, which is a small country next to Russia. I'm a Russian-Ukrainian. Odessa, uh, Ukraine in particular, it's a city on the Black Sea. Uh, the reason why that particular Detail is important to me because it is a very specific city that has a lot of music, arts, uh, culture. It's kind of known as the New Orleans of the Soviet Union, which is 
back when I was born, still what Ukraine and Russia were a part of. It was a different country called the Soviet Union. I gave you this history lesson yeah, already. Yeah, I got this one, guys. And um, anyway, so I was born in, in that small coastal city. Uh, I started playing the violin when I was five. And then I had an older brother, Max, who at that time was already dancing. So I kind of tagged along. And then I, you know, at, shortly after starting to dance, my family immigrated to Brooklyn, New York. So I, I just kind of like, you know, let's say I danced for maybe half a year, mm -hmm. the most basic stuff. I was like six years old, seven years old. And then I moved to Brooklyn, New York as a family. So it was my parents, my brother, and myself. Just the two of you, right? Just yeah. you and Max? Yeah. And you moved when you were eight to Brooklyn? When I moved, I was eight. He was 14. We moved to Coney Island area. Uh, for those that are familiar with Brooklyn, New York, it's, no? Coney I'm personally Island is like not this. familiar with Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm a West, Get familiar. West Coast baby. BK. All right. So yeah, uh, Brooklyn, New York, we, we immigrated. It was a Russian community that we moved into, but it was also like a, a really dynamic, eclectic community, right? So it was black, Puerto Rican, Italians, Jews, Russians, you know, it was yeah. like everybody. And it was overwhelming. And I didn't speak English when we moved here. N none of my family spoke English. So, you know, you embark on this kind of challenge as a family. And uh, there were a lot of challenges uh, financially and yeah. just in general, uh, you know, it's just kind of that cliche immigrant family yeah, totally. story. And then, um, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, to, to kind of get me out of trouble, my parents put me into the activities that they already introduced me to. So it was violin. They found me a violin teacher. I used to in go- In Brooklyn? In Brooklyn, New oh. York. Uh, a woman that was also from Ukraine that was an incredible musician uh, her entire life and then also immigrated to America and was now teaching private out of her little apartment in, in, in the projects pretty much. So I would go to her apartment and I would learn, you know, take violin with her for an hour and a half. And then you dance all the other hours? No, I, I would go time? to school. I would go to school. You know, so what is that, nine to three? Yeah. Then like from eight. school, I I probably grab a, you know, grab food real quick and yeah. then go to violin. And then after violin, I'd go to dance. And then I would come home around like 9 p.m. and do my homework real quick and then go to sleep. And then pretty much repeat that. Hustle. Every day of my life. Yeah. Since I was like eight years old. That's insane. I kind of knew a little bit of that. Did they put you guys in dance, you and Max, just for reasons of like, they don't want you guys to get into too much trouble? Or was that because when you guys lived in Ukraine? Ukraine. Yeah, it was. In, was that it, a setup to get you guys to move to America? Like, to no, put you we, in? Uh, you know, dance was just an after school extracurriculum activity, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, again, I, I'm just familiar with my family, but I, I could I, I could attest to many families in the Eastern European community, it's like <laughs> free time is, is, is the enemy for, for their kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like to be a, a good parent in that community, it's to occupy your, your child with as many activities and as many things, uh, you know, to keep them busy as possible. Yeah. And then along the way, you see where they excel and you try to support that. And, and you know, and that's what happened with us. No one thought in a million years that my career would, would be, you know, dance. They just supported their kids in a, you know, dance in particular in our community is not taboo. It's not weak. You know, it's not soft. It's not like weird for boys to dance. Mm -hmm. You know, men dance. Men play sports. They wrestle. They write poetry. They, they paint and they dance. You know, that, that's a complete kind of image of a of a man i always imagine a, a renaissance man mm -hmm. you know not just one dimensional human but someone that has interest in many different things and then you know i was then fortunate enough throughout my life to create a life where i then pursued those things that i was passionate about yeah. but i could have gone into medicine or or law you know i i really loved law i went you diagnosed my uh, strep throat <laughs> exactly before i even knew i had strep so <laughs> points to the medicine side uh you were into law no i went to um i just loved debates 
you know? And so in high school, even though I was competing worldwide, and you could say kind of like semi-professional in, in ballroom dance and was, you know, playing in a youth orchestra that played in Carnegie Hall and Lincoln Center in New York City. I read that about you. So that, that sounds like these, these big achievements that, you know, someone that potentially can, is just doing that would do. And, and for me, I, I, again, I was very fortunate with great teachers and a little bit of talent and parents that supported me mm-hmm. uh, where I was able to accomplish pretty high standards in all of those things. Yeah. And even in school, you know, I, I enjoyed school. That's what I mean. I didn't make a choice to pursue something until maybe around 19, 20 years old when I was already in college. I actually don't know how you got started on Dancing with the Stars. I don't think I've ever asked you that. No. How did that all I, come uh, So again, my brother Max was recruited by Dancing with the Stars before I was. How do they recruit people? Do they find them through these like competitions you yeah. guys do? Yeah. So oh. they tapped into the world of competitive ballroom dancing which was a very small niche world that no nobody knew. Mm-hmm. And, and they, yeah, they picked out some of the more talented ones. A lot of that, you know, a lot of the top couples said no to the project, you know, because they didn't know what it was. And then on paper, you know, someone comes to you and they say, you know, it's like going to the same bolt, right? And going like, yo, we got this project for you where, it's called racing with the stars. So it's like you yeah. partner up with, you know, Usain Bolt would be like, bro, I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, that sounds crazy. A reality TV show where I get, you know, I have to teach a celebrity. Like even that in itself is already like, oh God, I'm not putting up with that. Yeah. Um, so first season came out and, and, and but some, some really talented pros said, eh, let's do it. You yeah. know, and so you had that first season and the entire dance world was watching a Vander Holyfield do a Foxtrot, I think, is his first dance. And instantly I went from, you know, what do you do? To, oh, my, you do that thing that I just saw on TV. You know, you, oh, you're, you know, yeah. so Im- immediately kind of validated my, my choices. And overnight, you know, it went from like this weird thing that, you know, my entire life, people looked at me and, and said, why are you spending so much of your time, effort and energy and money into that? Looked at my parents like they were crazy. Yeah. You know, these two young men and you're pushing them to, not pushing them, but you, you know, you know you're allowing them to pursue ballroom dance. As <laughs> their career, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then overnight, you know, a project like this put it, you know, made it mainstream and we became, you know, and then season two, uh, my brother was like, all right, let me try this. <laughs> so Max said, was he invited on season one? So he was invited and to he was season like, one. And he was like, nah, whack. yeah, that's <laughs> why. Yeah. And then season two rolled around and he and we saw were the like, first one. Yeah. And, we Got were, you. And, and I was like, listen, go do that. Because I'm 19 at the time. My brother's 25. Um, were you in school? I was at Pace University. Okay. Yeah. In New York City for business. Not okay. for dance, not for violin. For so business. at 19, you didn't even know for sure if dance was going to be like an end career move, right? Uh, at 19, it was, I never think anything is an end career, anything. I think like I'm always changing, you know? Yeah. So right now I'm on Dancing with the Stars. I, you know, I am not against st- stopping everything that I'm doing and applying that same hustle to like I said, trying to get into law school right? and spending the next six years pursuing that and then going into a career in law. Like that's not something that is so far-fetched to me. Yeah. So at 19, I was fully committed. At 12, I was fully committed. At eight, I was already taught, again, by my, my dad to be fully committed into everything that I'm doing. And so if today I'm doing this, then I'm trying to be the best this has ever seen. Yeah. You know? So at 19, I was pursuing competitive ballroom dancing. I was trying to become a world champion. And again, and my brother wasn't. My brother was a studio owner working 60 hours a week, grinding, you know, in a really kind of down moment in his life. And so when Dancing with the Stars once again came back, season two, 
it was all of us. He was still very proud and still didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. And all of us were like, bro, you have to go do this yeah. you know, for all of us. Because again, this is television. At that time, Dancing with the Stars was getting, I mean, 25 million. No way. Yeah, yeah. When it started? When it started, it became, it was a huge phenomenon. First of all, there was no streaming yet. Yeah, you know? wow. And so you tuned in and, and, and talking about, you know, social media, there was no social media. So, so you went on chat rooms or boardrooms on the ABC Dancing with the Stars website. And you just saw, you know, when my brother's after his first episode or his premiere, you know, he instantly became this kind of notorious personality that kind of just said whatever was on his mind, which yeah. was very typical. Unfiltered. Yeah, very Chmerkovsky. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people fell in love or really didn't like him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was that type of personality. And I would go on these chat rooms where they would be like, Max is so cocky. Max <laughs> is so arrogant. I can't believe he allows us to say things like that. I would go and I'd make like, I would comment, hey, well, he's actually really, really fun. You know, he's actually really nice. Aww. Like I'd, I'd make, you know, I'd you make. back. Oh, yeah, I had his back. And I, like, and I would make multiple accounts. Like I would be his super fan low-key making accounts that talk positive about him. That's so cute. Can you do that for me? Because <laughs> I could really use it. <laughs> oh, that's very sweet though. So, um, yeah. So, but again, it was, um, it was a family affair. You know, he came out here and it was kind of like that show Entourage. Yeah. You know, he immediately made money he never seen before. Uh, he went from, you know, this whatever... And this this kind of this kid from from Brooklyn to stud in in Hollywood really you yeah know? and so and I would come out and visit him and I would be I mean it it was just surreal it was really really cool. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts i'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for god to give you your next step and you don't know what it is yet you need god to show you your next step Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Who was your first partner when you joined? Um, and so, but, but, but yeah, just on that, like, so when he joined, he mm-hmm. couldn't help himself but be like, yo, by the way, My I brother. got this younger brother yeah, for sure. that is fire. So, you know, he's not, he's not going to do this yet. He's not going <laughs> to sell out mm-hmm. for Hollywood just yet. He's still got to win things. Yeah. Uh, and I was, you know, and I, I kind of enjoyed it vicariously through him, but they always had me on their radar. From that moment. And then I came on and did a few performances. I performed on the show a couple of times. And they were like, listen, whenever you're ready, we would love to have you. That's it. And then, yeah, and then 25 years old. So six years later, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Oh, wow. So you had this kind of brewing for a minute. And then you pulled the trigger. Yeah, for me, it was, I had a, I had a bank full of pride. You know, I, I, I saw my brother was becoming this huge star. And then I saw a lot of my peers, you know, Derek, Mark, yeah, Julianne. Yeah, yeah. These, are, these are kids I grew up with. We competed against each other, right? Because again, this is such a unique show. The pool of talent for this show is very small. It's, right. not, it's not a reality show in basketball where millions of people are playing worldwide. This is a very small world that exploded into this project. So... You know, the talent that you're choosing from most likely knows each other for a really long time. And we knew each other for a really long time. And so to see these kids stop competing, go into Hollywood and become superstars. And, you know, seeing that from the side, I'm proud of myself. I'm proud that I pursued the goals competitively that I still wanted to have, even though I had this temptation already, one foot in, in Hollywood. And the really the, the turning point for me was several things, but really I was in the midst of competing one time and I was on the dance floor and I was in motion and I was able to think about like, what am I doing here? And as soon as I had that moment, I was like, I'm, I gotta be out. Yeah. And then the other thing was, um, f- financial, you yeah. know, uh, in our world, you know, you're not making a lot of money. You know, I'm not, I'm, I could be a world champion, but I'm, I'm not making LeBron James money even close, Yeah. but the sacrifice is the same. So you really have to be doing it because you love it because right. you're passionate about it. And so then, yeah. And at 25, I, I was like, what's the difference between, you know, a hobby and a profession? The passion is, isn't the difference. You could be passionate about a hobby, but really it's at the end of the day, it's your paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Tell it I, how it is. <laughs> and so if I, if I want to be a professional at this, I got to learn how to earn money with this. Right. Right. Talent and passion. And that's when I was like, yo, I got to go and try to earn some yeah. money. And that's it. You I done did it. I done did it. <laughs> um, well, back to my original question. Also, first partner, favorite partner, better say me. Okay. Just kidding. My first partner was <laughs> Elizabeth Canales. Okay. She was a Italian model. Oh, I think you told me about that. Yeah. Actually. And uh, she had just gotten out of a very public relationship. 
with George Clooney at the Ooh, time. And did you get any of the tea? I got plenty of the tea. <laughs> I won't make you expose but her I'm on a, the podcast. But that's the thing. You're it's like, I'm not a snitch. So yeah, I couldn't, of course not. it's not like I'm, I'm sharing any of the tea. Of course. And um, I'm just there to teach dance. And I was so intense and I was such a rook. And we were second to get eliminated. No way. Yeah. So imagine this kind of like ego and pride and like energy. I just stopped competing. I, you know, met right. like this big recruit and I'm like, oh, I'm about to go in here and just whoop on everybody. I'm telling my brother, my brother's still on the show. Every Everybody, all, yeah. all the big guns, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to school all of these. Week two rolls around. We, I've, bro, I was out. <laughs> and I was and deserved deserved that I was terrible. Um, I was bummed. Yeah, I was humbled. You know, I was I moved my entire life here. Right. Also, by the way, not just joined the show. I moved from New York City to, to Los LA. Angeles, and like ready to work. And I'm like eliminated second. <laughs> so then I'm just chilling in the city. But I'm like I'm I'm here. You know, and, and might as well, I, I got to make it work. And that's it. I just kind of paid attention and learned and studied Derek and Mark and Max and Tony, everybody on the show. Yeah. Because I'm like, if they give me another chance, I got to I gotta be ready. Did you want to come back season three then just to prove yourself a little? Or what season well, was whatever. it? It was season, season... like 14, 13. Oh, so off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, did I want to come back the next season? Yes. Yeah. You know what yes. I mean. Yes, I did. I did because I'm like, this is embarrassing. I got to. Yeah, do better than that this. can't be your lasting no, impression. No, and, and that's why I'm grateful to the show. They believed in me and they gave me another chance. And I got eliminated third. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and I, was, I swear to God. Yeah. I was like, hey. all right, I got to be a little better than that. So we've made it pretty far. Yeah, I mean, We're listen, going then, on week then seven. I, you know, on the third try, I went to the finals. So don't, don't oh. get it twisted. And then okay. I kept going to the finals. Oh, yeah. so there's pressure. Were you scared when you found out that I was your partner? Were you like, oh, um, no, <clears throat> not this girl? Or were you like? Of course I was like, oh, no, not this girl. Why would I be like, yay, <laughs> I got this girl? <laughs> because maybe you. I had no idea who you are. You know, yeah. I, I only know who you are based on what I'm, I've Reading? been told. Yeah. yeah. And, and nothing beyond that. You know, so for me, the first thing I was like. Okay, does she have a work ethic? You know, is she entitled? Mm -hmm. And I quickly saw that that wasn't the case. Mm -hmm. You know, so that so immediately once I saw that, and you feel that in the first like two minutes of talking to you, I was like, okay, cool. I'm like, let me see how Caucasian she really is mm -hmm. in these Latin dances. And I was quite Caucasian, which is first understandable. dance salsa. We had a salsa. I've never danced before, and my hips looked like I was extremely white. Which again is a beautiful thing, and we figured out a way to move those hips. But yeah, seeing that you were coordinated still and had some soul to you, mm -hmm. I was like, look, yeah, she's not a ringer, but I, I, I'm excited to teach her. I'm excited, and and then seeing how happy it made you to learn something yeah. or actually get it that's everything you know as a, as a teacher and i've i i'm proud to say i teach a lot i that's it's my pride and joy to be able to teach dance and share that with people yeah um to be able to share it with a young talented hard-working cool you. ass chick is is a huge privilege for me because we just talked about like tomorrow the show is going to be gone I don't want my style of dance to go with it. Right. And it will live on with you, with Zendaya, with Normani, with Lori right. Hernandez, with, you know, with, with all the amazing partners that I got a chance to share this passion with, Rumor mm -hmm. Willis. Um, it will live on with them because, ho you know, hopefully you will remember this experience and be like, and, and be really proud of it. For sure. I already am really proud of it. And. It's still kind of early on in it. Yeah. Um, do you still keep in touch with any former partners? Yeah, all of them. Okay, cool. Because I was going to say, if you think you're getting rid of me after this, you are crazy. <laughs> um. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. You know, you spend every day together. Yeah. I feel like somebody asked me once, they were like, what, why do you guys think that 
you know, all these partners get so close. Some interviewer, it was, I think after one of the shows and, um, I mean, it's so true. You literally spend every single day with the same person on repeat. And then I think there's also something special because you're learning something from somebody that I think the bond just grows really quickly. Right. I mean, it's coach, player, student, teacher, teammate. You know, that's the other thing is like, well, yeah, because it's, it's a weird thing. I teach you, I teach you, I teach you, and then I partner you apart. And then we're, we go into the performance as partners. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those emotions of camaraderie and familiar, familiarity even, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, so we're going through this as well. But also there's a, you know, in such a close proximity too. So we're in each other's space, being comfortable in each other's space every yeah. single day. Because if you're not comfortable in each other's space, then you can't <laughs> dance any of this stuff. For sure. You know, so... That with, again, having that, you know, having that focus and purpose together, common ground, creating common ground every week. Yeah, it creates a really strong bond and a relationship. And, you know, again, I I bring up someone like Normani, for instance, right? Seeing her go from the show and then blossom into an individual that's kind of like, you know, seeing her career take off. I am forever now her fan. You right. know, I'm forever her friend. I'm for you know, I'm proud to see her soar. Right. You know, and and it's not a matter of me having any credit for that at all, but just being, you know, a, a pit stop to in her journey, you know, and 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 she'll talk about what dancing with the stars meant to her. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't speak on her behalf, yeah. but I can say anything I do moving forward from now, maybe because I came from a different like starting point, I would say, mm-hmm. like coming on the show, I think it like really did bring out a different side to me and gave me a, a little bit more confidence that I didn't know I had. So yeah, I want to talk to you. I, I want to ask you a question. Okay, what? Yeah. What, Lay when, it on when, me. You, when you say, you know, you've gained some confidence mm-hmm. in, in what way? Well, I think for me, um, I I like still answer questions like I'm in an interview and I have to remember that this is my podcast and I'm supposed to be like open and honest. <laughs> um, no, I think that before I did Dancing with the Stars, just because of given everything that was happening in the media with my family, I was just really embarrassed to like be associated with that, to go out in public when I would even just go to the mall with friends. If somebody was looking at me, they could have been looking at me for nothing. Maybe I had sparkly ass shoes on. Like, I don't know what it was, but I would get so insecure. And I think that's like one of the defining differences I can say after doing this show. I just feel like I'm proud of something I'm doing and Mm. that I'm working towards something. And it's not just like being handed to me and that I actually can go out in the world and feel like, okay, I'm doing this. And somebody's looking at me. I'm not automatically thinking, oh, they probably read some terrible headline about me. Like, I don't know what the reason would be, but maybe on the off chance, it's like they've seen us on Dancing with the Stars. Right. Or like, I think it just shifted my brain a little bit, gave me some more purpose. No, I mean, that's so amazing. Yeah. So that was a huge motivator for me too. So to answer your question, when I found out that you're my partner, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want any other partner on this roster. And I love, I love the females that are on the show this season. A lot of great dancers, a lot of great people, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah, I just felt connected to your story and you as a person. And as soon as I found out that you're not that human, I was excited for the opportunity to showcase that. Right. You know, the, the element of surprise and the element of giving someone a, a chance to realize that confidence, like that is such a great gift to me yeah yeah it's definitely changed my perspective on a lot for sure and I feel like also now going forward in life I just feel a lot it sounds so cheesy but I just feel genuinely happier like I think before I think also when you're sitting out and this can go for anybody in any situation when you're sitting at home and you're kind of like dwelling on a situation you're not actively trying to come out of something you're just going to get further and further in this hole Yeah, And that's kind of what I was doing to myself without realizing it. I would just stay home because 
my job was basically just YouTube, but also I was taking a step back from it. So it was very easy to just sit around and like not do much. And so I think if anybody's in a rut, easier said than done, but I would encourage you get out there and, and take a dance class. Take a damn dance class. I'm, I preach the gospel of dance, so I'm going <laughs> to be biased. Yeah. No, take I agree though. Class. Take a dance class. You I'll, should. I'll tell you why, because, tell them. you know, you're moving. So you're moving, you're sweating, you're, 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 mm-hmm. you're, but you're also thinking, you know, you're, you're, you have to learn patterns and it keeps your brain stimulated. <clears throat> and then you're also congregating with people. You're by yourself for a year and a half, you know, get out there and be amongst right. other human beings to amazing music. Your life will be better. For sure. <laughs> Even if you're not going to pursue dance on a professional level, your life will be better it's very therapeutic even the easiest thing like sometimes i notice if i start my morning blasting music or something and just dancing around while i make a coffee or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like if you don't have the access right away to get into like a studio there are little ways you can just yeah you know i think music is a a huge cure for a lot of things yeah for sure but i again on that note like it's also self-serving like Mm -hmm. yes it's you know, I'm I'm excited for, for your growth this season and seeing you blossom into a person that you're happy with has been incredibly rewarding. But on my end, I also get a chance to dance dance, mm-hmm. which I haven't done on the show in a few years. Why? Just because I'm younger and can like okay, okay. run Let's around the crazy. dance floor? Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I am younger but, uh, <laughs> than previous partners. Um I, I mean, didn't mean that age, in a rude way. Listen, Melora's <laughs> also killing it. It's not about That's true. age. It's about, yeah, just your enthusiasm, your spirit, and your joy is at the center of what is creating so much awesome dance from us, mm-hmm. you know, and performance from us. Because if you would have moved this exactly the same way, but was so in your head and so miserable and so insecure and to, you know it, it would be very tough to make this work like me today trying to get that step <laughs> <laughs> like you today you know but we'll get through today and i know that tomorrow you will come back with with this new spirit and and that is the key that you yeah. come back better every single day yeah for sure what's after this for you is this your final season where we got more in that little dancing body, um, or you don't know, or you don't have to disclose. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna keep dancing for sure. For sure. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I didn't question that. I just yeah. mean on Dancing with the Stars. Do you want Dancing with the Stars? TBD. It, it's TBD because, like, you're. I, I think you're my 18th partner. Jeez. And I'm, Wild. you know, and uh, I, I build different relationships with all of them, but. You know, it is it, it, you're my favorite. Like, you're my favorite. <laughs> yes, this is you, all I've wanted to hear. You definitely I'll, t- I'll tell you this. You definitely are the biggest surprise for me. You definitely exceeded my expectations for yeah. sure out of everybody. I'll like take like it. There, there was people that came in and turned out to be just such a wonderful season, a winning season. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of. You know, I'm not saying that they were ringers, but they had potential coming in. Like right. it was mine to ruin. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Zendaya was mine to ruin. For Normani sure. was mine to ruin. Like they were amazing already. Right. And I just made some good choices for them. Right. <laughs> you know, and then just got out of their way. You're being humble, but well, whatever. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but w- with with you, it's like it, it's it's not that easy. And and this season is very competitive. Yeah. So. You know, it just means more. Like I told you, the harder the, the journey, the more the more it means to you. And like this one means a lot to me. So how many of these meaningful journeys can I emotionally go through? Yeah. You know, it's a lot. And you will understand what I'm saying when when this is over. Right. Because you'll be like, you know, you'll have this huge void in your life that you're going to have to fill with podcasts. <laughs> no, I'm just going to come knocking at you and Jenna's door like, hey, guys, which one of you wants to teach me how to dance <laughs> and today? And Jenna now knows how to, you know, <laughs> how to be able to partner you. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on Wasp. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. They burned us and subject us to really horrible, uh, cruel and unusual punishment. After my personal experience at Provo Canyon School, I was shocked to learn that a man named Robert Litchfield, a man who got his start at the school that I went to, would go on to create a multi-million dollar empire. He was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. The Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs and Schools. They prey on, you know, a parent's really natural and beautiful love for their children in a really, really, unfortunately, effective way. At this time in my life now, if someone presented this program to me, and not just because I've already experienced it, Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, well, I guess we can wrap it up kind of soon. We've really dove into the dance world here, but I do want to know no. what Sorry. is no, no, no. This is Did I love talk talking about this. No, you were perfect. You're the best guest. Oh, what's ever. my score? Ten out of ten. Ten out. Okay. Ten, 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 ten. Forty out of forty. <laughs> manifesting our score for the next dance. Also, I would just like to announce this on the podcast. Um, I recently learned on Dancing with the Stars why West Coast voting closes. And I don't think I've ever said this on any platform I have. And I'm just going to plug Val and I really quickly here so we get the votes. (laughs) Even if you're on the West Coast and you haven't watched this show yet, to vote for us, you have to text at 5 p.m. Between 5 and like 6.50 p.m. 
I think. Yeah. Pacific time. So you text 21523, the name Olivia. Uh-oh. My mother's calling me and <laughs> ruining my podcast. Um, what's after this? Babies? Baby, Babies too. I mean, for, for me, it's personally, I just want to continue to grow creatively. I want to produce shows. I want to star on Broadway. I want to star in movies. I want to like, you know. Yeah. I, I want to move on from. You still want to be in the industry though and oh, be creative. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This For is sure. where I'm going to be. Oh, yeah. Great. I just Because I plan to stay in yeah. it too. So yeah, then we can. I mean, we, we could collaborate moving forward too. Oh, for sure. 100. For sure. It doesn't have to just be on this project. We could facilitate yeah. our own projects. Yeah. And tomorrow we've got a big day ahead. That's right. Because we're competing. Week seven, is it? Or yeah. now is it week eight? No. This is week seven. Week we're seven. doing Queen, mm-hmm. Fat Bottom Girl. You, you make the rocket world go, go round. round. <laughs> yeah, we've been training really How hard. How does it feel for you that you get to kind of creatively direct this this journey for yourself as well, right? Because so many of these songs that we perform to are like your favorite songs. I know. And I think you also, I don't know obviously what other coaches do, but I think you do give me a lot of creative freedom that maybe some other teachers maybe would take that and really mm-hmm. kind of figure it out for themselves. I think you really let me like have my input and little things that I think could go well. And sometimes they don't go well and we don't use anything I suggest or say, but. But most of the time. But most of the time I feel like, yeah, it feels great. I, feel I think like that's I've the other. Power. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the other thing is, you know, the keys to empower you mm-hmm. to know that this thing that you watched your entire life. Yeah. Right. Cause you're a fan of the show before yeah, joining it. I was. Um, you are a part of creating it now. And then you see the final product and you're like, oh, wow, I could do this, you know? It's so fun watching the dances back after the week, when after you see it like on YouTube or on Hulu or wherever you're watching, like the full makeup here, because so much goes into it. And then people only see obviously such a little bit and then Mm. like a little package and then just the dance and then actually experiencing it and getting to like work towards something. And then when it does well and you feel proud of it, it's so rewarding to watch. Yeah, it's it's. A weekly arts project on crack, you know, it's like on a million, <laughs> on a million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. I mean, what a privilege, right? But it's like, truly, we are doing what I was doing when I was 12 years old, dancing in, in nursing homes or restaurants or little tri-state dance competitions. I was putting on a show trying to make people happy. Yeah. At, you know, 25 years later, I'm in front of millions of people. Doing exactly the same thing, putting on a show, trying to make people happy. You know, so for anybody at home that has like a passion that they really want to pursue, pursue that and and be just excellent in that passion because most likely, if you're excellent, you will be compensated for that excellence. Totally. And I think that's an amazing way to wrap it up. Work hard, then you get to celebrate and have fun. And yeah. Put in the work and you'll feel rewarded. I'd also like to say <laughs> that Val has done this entire interview on a three-legged chair and has balanced the entire time, yeah. which is also very impressive <laughs> and takes a lot of work. Um, but thanks for coming on and hanging Thank out. Thank you for having me. I hope this was productive. We've seen a lot of each other today. Yeah. yeah. I'm not complaining. Not me either. All right, guys. We're out of here. Skedaddle. Out of here. Oh, my gosh. Jojo texts me and I think it's going to be about us dressing up as you in general one of these days. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow Val on all his social media. Plug yourself. Plug. What, what's your account name? Valentine. No E. At V-A-L-E-I-N-T-I-N. <laughs> V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N. Valentine. Beautiful. T-Y. No T. And make sure you guys vote for us and tune in to Dancing with the Stars tomorrow. Yeah. So the thing about the voting, right? I hate, like, please vote. I I hate begging for votes. Really? Because I'm going to, sh- like, yeah, no shame. I'm going to beg for votes. But you got to vote for us. Yeah. Because if you don't vote, we get eliminated. There's nothing to do. Yeah. So and then please. I'm going to be really sad and bored. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Vote. Okay. Do it. Do it. How, and how you're vote? cool. 
text 21523 my name olivia at 5 p.m pacific time or 8 p.m eastern time that's the same time for those yeah. that are familiar yes this is true i would hope most of my audience knows <laughs> that um all right y'all peace and love peace and love I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. And I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.